Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here with the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And I, I almost started laughing then because I'm a little bit disappointed, Frank. I didn't really sleep last night. I was very excited to hopefully be able to roast you a little bit today. And unfortunately, I feel like one of the listeners has sent me down the garden path. Ryan Lee, we're going to answer a question that you uh, DM'd me last week to discuss. And that is around Chris Middleton and the potential of his jersey being retired. And then uh, another interesting point that we're going to get to a little bit further on. But before we dive right into it, I do want to mention, and this is why yesterday, Frank, I think we were justified in what we said in regards to the news about potentially players being able to go into practice facilities and work out as stay-at-home orders are loosened a little bit and, and people try to, to get things going in their cities and states around the US. Well, we've already found out today that that May 1st original date that was sort of thrown out there has now been pushed back to May 8th. Uh, so uh, like we suggested, I mean, it, it's just going to be a slow process. And even though this felt like, hey, this is, this is a great little step, we're going to be getting back to basketball soon. Uh, it's just another reminder that this is, is going to be slow going. And uh, maybe just try your best not to get too excited about things too early because nothing is going to happen quickly here. And uh, ultimately, it's going to be based on the results from the, the general public and how all these things go. But as far as Chris Milton, because we were going through the awards and we were going to do an All-NBA pod, but that was until I realized we just did an All-NBA pod. I know I had Chris Milton as a third team member. All-NBA is certainly a significant accolade on a player's resume. I mean, you're talking about a guy being in the top 15. You know, of course, there's other discussions, positions and all the rest, but even being a top 15 guy for that season, certainly having a fantastic individual campaign. So uh, I guess we should just quickly broach that with Chris Milton and All-NBA. Are you someone that is in the pro Chris Milton third team All-NBA camp? Um, you know, I I don't... It, it My guess is... Um, it's it's not gonna happen, um, but I think he very much deserves uh, a look there. And I mean, I think unfortunately, like you know, a guy like Jason Tatum, um, yeah. who had a, a very nice finish this season, um, and put up like bigger raw score numbers. Even though you know you kind of peel back the efficiency, like that's where you know Middleton really shines, especially just you know twenty one points a game and under thirty, basically thirty minutes a night. Um, you know he he compares very favorably with a lot of um, really big names that, um, you know, I think are, are likely to finish ahead of him, you know, like Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, um, you know, I'm just looking at some of the other guys that are probably, you know, locks to get ahead of them. Um, you know, are, are, are guys, those guys actually have better seasons than Chris Middleton. I think there's a really strong case to say no, but um, again, their profile is just higher. Um, you know, Butler couldn't shoot 
uh, hit the broadside of a barn from three this year. But, you know, he's Jimmy Butler. He's perceived as the best player on a Heat team that was really good. Um, and obviously he's a, uh, you know, I'd say a better defensive player than Chris. I mean, I think they're both good defensive players. Butler certainly has a better record in that regard. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I think it's just hard to picture him making it there. Um, but I think you can very easily, you know, especially when you dig a little deeper and you acknowledge that, you know, Giannis didn't win all those games by himself. Uh, um, and, and Middleton, especially, you know, the numbers, the way that he played with with Giannis as well as when Giannis was off the floor was was just awesome for the Bucs this year. And, um, you know, he made a really big leap. But again, he's not – his game isn't sexy, so I, I think that really hurts him. And as dumb as it seems, you know, literally finishing one bucket shy of 50-40-90, um, I think, unfortunately, that he may have needed that nominal, arbitrary, statistical milestone to kind of put him over uh, the top in sort of, for, for All-NBA. Um, and, and my guess is he just isn't going to, you know, without that, uh, you know, again, as stupid as, as it is to say it out loud, um, it's just going to be hard for him to, to make it. And I mean, also just a lot of guys just had incredible seasons this year. You know, you just look at up and down, um, the guys who, who were in contention, it's just an incredible group. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm just looking at like some teams that like various folks picked and. It's like, I was going to say, well, I think Chris had a better year than Paul George. It's like, well, Paul George isn't on a lot of these ballots at all, period, you know, um, which just tells you how good um, this this season has been in terms of just individual accolades. So, um, so yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things I, I would expect Chris will probably probably get snubbed. Um, but, uh, you know, again, it's it shouldn't shouldn't reflect poorly on, on exactly how incredible a season he had and, you know, last year, you know, I was like, Oh, is, is Chris going to make the all-star team? Should he even make it above Eric Bledsoe? And then this year, even though, you know, the full explosion kind of continued on past the all-star break and, and kind of solidified his no brainer status as, you know, a lock all-star, even by, you know, the all-star selections, like there was no real drama that Chris Milton was going to make that team. Right. We all were like, Oh no, he's, yeah, he's a lock. Cool. <laughs> which was, which was something I don't know if we certainly expected coming into the year that, that he would, ascend to that level of, um, of accomplishment. So, um, so yeah. And I think the other part to problem too, with like all NBA is, you know, you get guys like Bradley Beal, right. Who put up just monsters, you know, individual stats, um, you know, raw stats from Bradley Beal are incredible this year. His, his shooting really wasn't nearly as, as good as I think people would expect to Brad Beal, but you know, super high volume score putting up, you know, basically 30 points a night. Um, and I think a lot of times those guys uh, get love in the all NBA balloting that maybe they wouldn't, in a all-star balloting in Brad Beal's case, um, or certainly like, you know, obviously you're never going to be a, an MVP when your team is as bad as the Wizards, right? There, there, there was predictably no MVP bus for Brad, Brad Beal this year. Um, but in terms of all NBA, a lot of times that's where, um, you know, guys will get rewarded for incredible statistical resumes, even if it didn't translate to winning. So again, that, that obviously would hurt a guy like Chris, who obviously so much of his argument is, that he did, a, you know, he does everything well um, and did it on a team that was the best team in the league, right? And so I think, unfortunately, probably some of that, you know, the impact on winning, for whatever reason, I think it does tend to get um, diminished a little bit when people are, are doing these, these all-NBA votes because it does, does seem like it's much more just sort of individual numbers, less of um, your team impact. But I don't know. I, I would love to be proven wrong and – you know, I, it's still funny to think back before Giannis, you know, 
Andrew Bogut, right, um, sneaking in uh, in 2010 as a 13-team All-NBA despite not making an All-Star team, which obviously is not something that typically happens. A guy doesn't make an All-Star team where, you know, you have 24 players but does make an All-NBA team when you only have 15. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you catch up on some old games, sometimes you just need what you need to be delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery deliveries and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to go to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. So as we now move into this conversation around Chris Milton and his jersey potentially being retired, I, I did. <laughs> I think I probably threw Ryan Lee under the bus here. So I'll, I'll explain what happened. He sent me a DM and, and asked whether I could uh, have this discussion with you on the podcast. And he referenced a pod that you had. And this was right back when uh, I believe it was around the time that Marcus Johnson got his number up in the rafters. And uh, you and, and Eric both had a conversation around it. And I, I think, honestly, when I listened back to it, I, I thought it was kind of fair. I mean, you both basically said, right now, if Chris Milton's career ended right this second, is his jersey up in the rafters? Probably not. He probably hasn't done a lot. I'm not actually sure whether he had that first All-Star berth there. I think he probably no. He didn't? No, this was, this was in January of 2019 when we had this conversation. So this was before Chris actually made the All-Star team. It was before, obviously, he signed his extension. And that was part of our discussion was, well, you know, we assumed he would probably uh, resign last summer. But we didn't know that for sure at that point. And he had not made an All-Star team yet. And keep in mind, I mean, this was a month after his benching in New York City, um, or five weeks, six weeks maybe after that benching in New York. So, um, you know, he hadn't kind of had his big second half of the season at that point. Um, But, you know, I think we were still – I think we said we were still guessing at that point. You know, given those uncertainties, it was maybe a 50-50 bet that he would ultimately get his jersey retired. So I think that was a pretty – I think that was a pretty pro Chris Middleton take at the time. Um, <laughs> and certainly everything that's happened since then has, has kind of further solidified it with first and foremost, obviously him playing very well, but also getting the big contract extension, obviously, um, you know, I, who knows how long Chris will ultimately be here, but you know, it'd be very shocking to me if he was not here at least another two years, let's say beyond, beyond this season. And, and obviously you, when you start talking, start talking about that, um, you know, you're talking about him basically going what, like, eight, nine seasons in, in Milwaukee, um, close to 10 seasons, you know, that, that's a really long tenure. And, and obviously he's, he's been a really productive player. who's put up a lot of numbers. And I think the other big variable was, was winning, right. Um, you know, the level of winning that you obviously hope that he's going to attain with the Bucks here over the next couple of years um, also compares very favorably with certainly players from the last, you know, the Michael Reds and, and the Glenn Robinsons and the Ray Allens who had limited to, 
not much success in terms of winning consistently. Um, but even with some of the players from the eighties, obviously, and obviously if you, if this team ever won a championship with Chris Middleton, then I'd say that really changes sort of his perception even more. Right. Yeah. No question. And when you look at the numbers that are up in the rafters right now for the bucks, you have obviously Oscar and Kareem uh, right at the, right at the top of the list, both champions. You also have, uh, Bob Dandridge, who, who was a, ch- a championship player on that Bucks team uh, as well, So and Johnny Mack. So, you know, there's no doubt that winning a championship boosts your credentials. Some of the other players, obviously, uh, Sidney Moncrief, Marcus Johnson, as we know, Junior Bridgman, uh, Bob Lanier. So, uh, Brian Winters is the other one. So, listen, the, the thing with the Bucks, and I've always thought this about different franchises and who they choose to retire their numbers, I think it does matter who you play for based on the history that they've got. And I think if you look at the, the Boston Celtics or the Los Angeles Lake as well, yeah, I mean, the bar has to be a little bit higher for those franchises. Otherwise, they're seriously going to run out of numbers. They've had so much success. When you look at the Bucks, the last player out of those that are retired that actually played for Milwaukee was Sidney Moncrief in 1989. So, I mean, there's a 20-year gap right now of... Uh, nothing, and, and that doesn't mean that the players from that era aren't going to get put up in the rafters. You already mentioned a, a couple of them there. And for mine, I've actually always been more in the Glenn Robinson camp than Ray Allen, even though uh, everyone knows how much I love Ray Allen, but uh, that's pretty much been eliminated by the fact that Giannis has won an MVP in 34 now. Uh, but the fact is the Bucks haven't had a lot of success in that time. And I think that the bar for Milwaukee, and I know a lot of people disagree with this, but I think that the bar in Milwaukee is a little bit lower. They don't have that many guys that have hung around for so long, and it doesn't mean that you just hand them out. But Chris Milton on the path that he's on right now, even if you look at his numbers as it currently stands, he's now played 510 games. He's just outside the top 10 for games played. Uh, you already mentioned the fact that he's probably going to be around for at least a couple of more seasons. As far as scoring-wise, 8,288 points again. Uh, just outside the top 10 there. And for three-pointers made, he's already third in franchise history uh, with 889. Ray Allen leads there with 1,051. So if you project the numbers forward a little bit here, and this is always a it's kind of a dangerous thing to do, but I've tried to be pretty conservative here. I've said if he plays 70 games for the next four seasons, averaging 18 points and hitting 153-pointers, I don't think that that's crazy, particularly if you are assuming that Giannis is going to be here. So a lot of things can change. Health, we know this. So this is maybe a futile exercise. But if he goes at that pace, he would have played 790 games, first all-time in franchise history. He'd have 13,328 points, second all-time, only behind Kareem. And his three-pointers made 1,489. He would be by far the franchise leader in there. Sometimes, you know, these numbers, uh, you, you benefit, as Chris Middleton would, from being around for so long, as we spoke about, Bucks have had some great players in their time that simply haven't had long-lasting careers in Milwaukee. But on the, on the path he's heading, and particularly heading into really his prime now and playing on a really good Bucks team, it's looking likely that Chris Milton is going to be right at the very top of all the major categories in franchise history. Uh, he's heading towards a path where it, it's, you're going to look at it at the end, particularly if they can win a a championship in that time where it's almost automatic that that he's going to go up. Yeah. I mean, if, if he win, if he wins a championship, you know, in the next few years, then I think that's a no brainer. Right. Um, You know, you just look at um, the history of, of the Bucks, and the Bucks have had a weird history with Jersey retirements, right? Because they kind of got, 
drunk with uh, Jersey retirements um, for a while there in the, in the eighties where you look at like Bob Lanier who, you know, played relatively short period in Milwaukee, but was on very good teams, you know, was a great community guy. Fun fact, I went to uh, elementary school with Bob Lanier's son, um, Mm -hmm. Robert, good dude. Um, And uh, you know, and, and just some of the, some of the other, I mean, junior Bridgman, um, very long tenure in Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, maybe the most successful post NBA career of any NBA player out there. I mean, he, he's, he's been a remarkable success story on and off the court. Um, and, and again, not that that, uh, I, I mean, that's not why he had his Jersey retired, but I think in hindsight, it's cooler that he's had his Jersey retired because um, of, of just sort of the, the impact he's had um, more broadly, um, even outside the NBA. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are definitely some, some guys who've been retired that, um, kind of seemed a bit odd. And then, um, you know, and then probably in the late eighties, uh, and the nineties, you know, we've seen this, this really huge gap where, um, there've been a lot of guys who have kind of slipped by the wayside. And then obviously the players from the big three era, big three era, um, you know, it's just, it's, I, I don't know what to make of that really. Cause they had success, but it was so fleeting. Um, and obviously the circumstances under which they left were kind of weird. So I don't know how those guys are going to fit in. And then ironically, as you were kind of pointing out, we are in this weird position now where, um, you know, Middleton and Michael Red share the same number. Uh, Giannis and Ray Allen share the same number. I don't know how much that like really matters in the grand scheme of things. Um, as far as like the honor of a Jersey retirement, um, because, you know, again, um, I, I don't know if that means that like Ray Allen like wouldn't have his jersey retired until Giannis leaves the box because <laughs> it'd be weird to re- retire a jersey that's being worn by the best player in basketball. But um, I, I don't know. Whatever. They, they, I think they could figure that sort of thing out. Um, I don't think you would not retire a jersey uh, just because it happened to be shared by by two awesome players rather than just one. But uh, but yeah, there there is some some interesting dynamics there, and certainly a Michael Red. Um, you know the fact that he never really was part of any meaningful success at all. Um, I mean, I think that matters a lot. Right. And, and I think it, it shapes how fans perceive players. Right. I mean, when you, when you don't have that level of, um, of success, uh, then yeah. I mean, like kind of what you were talking about with George Carl, when you had that interview, it's, it's weird. It's bittersweet to look back on the Ray Allen, Glenn Robinson, Sam Cassell era, just because it had really just that one great year, some good years, other wise but nothing that really stood out and um and then the fact that it kind of all disappeared pretty quickly thereafter um you know it kind of leaves a lot of people kind of saying what if rather than just enjoying it for what it was um so certainly you hope that this this era of the bucks will not be viewed similarly and you hope that obviously they have sustained success uh that Giannis and chris are both here a long time um and that at least one championship will will find its way to milwaukee at some point but um you know, again, that, that's, that's a big if, but I agree. I think at this point, you know, Middleton, it's more kind of just a, if he maintains this level for at least a couple more years, just the numbers are going to add up to a point where, um, you know, he, he probably will be very much in that mix to, to have a Jersey retired. And, and if he wins the championship, then I agree. It's, it's kind of a no brainer, but you know, success plus, you know, being here a long time, plus being really good, making all-star games that's generally a good recipe and you know heck he's he's already made 
as many all-star games as Ray or, or Glenn Robinson did. He's made more than Michael Red did. Um, so hopefully the, he'll, he'll put some, some more distance between himself and those guys in the next few years. And, and that will certainly help, help that argument even more. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Michael Red. That was the, the path I wanted to go down as well because uh, for so long, I mean, you think about those years that Michael Red was here. I mean, he was the shining light for a lot of people and a lot of fans. He was the reason that they watched. I mean, he was, he was great fun to play. Obviously, he could put the ball in the bucket. But ultimately, when you look at his resume, as you pointed to, just the one all-star appearance, he's had one all-NBA selection. He is fourth all-time in franchise scoring. But no real success. Only played 16 playoff games total. Only four playoff wins out of those 16 games. Uh, you know, it's always going to be a sad story with him when you think about the knees and the fact that he was cut down when he still had plenty of good basketball left in him. And you never know what could have happened with some of those Bucks teams that were pretty talented if they had. And Michael Red there scoring next to a Brandon Jennings and an Andrew Bogut. Maybe they could have had some success, but ultimately it didn't happen. And when you look at Chris Middleton's playoff resume already... It's kind of funny to think about because we, we don't really look back on these Bucks teams as being really successful outside of last year, but they're always in that playoff uh, fringe, I guess, or around that area and a team that was growing and Middleton and Giannis were coming through. Uh, Chris has already played 34 playoff games, so he's already doubled the, the postseason appearances that Michael Red had. And in those games, Middleton's averaging 18 points, uh, five rebounds, four assists, and he's shooting 45% from three. So he's been a really good playoff performer as well. Obviously, there's one series against Boston that props up those numbers a little bit, but uh, he's been a fantastic performer in the postseason. And those numbers, you believe, is, again, we keep saying this, but as long as he's next to Giannis, and we hope that Giannis signs uh, an extended contract this summer sometime or whenever that happens, uh, those numbers are only going to continue to come up. And Middleton is going to have a pretty good resume because, as you said, this year... We didn't question whether he was going to be an all-star. And if the Bucks are perennially a team that's winning 50-plus games and Middleton's just putting up that efficient 20 points, five rebounds, five assists, the all-star berths are going to start to pile up a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, you know, to, to kind of add to the point of, um, you know, if you win a championship, I mean, Oscar Robertson only was yeah, yeah. in Milwaukee four seasons and he was very good. I think he had a couple all-star bursts in, the, in that time. But, you know, he was not the triple-double machine Oscar that uh, people saw in Cincinnati or that, you know, was just this kind of statistical anomaly um, that kind of everybody now looks back on him as. Uh, but he was, you know, the key second guy on those teams that went to, you know, finals and, and won one, at one, the only one in franchise history. And, you know, I don't think anybody views his Jersey retirement as anything, but kind of a no brainer, even though he was here very yes. briefly. Right. And you can argue that just purely on the kind of statistics, um, you know, his, his, his career in Milwaukee uh, is not that, not that different than, than many other guys who will never come close to uh, sniffing a Jersey retirement, but you lead a team to a championship, you know, alongside another great player. Um, that's, that's a huge trump card. And, and obviously with Chris, you know, he's been in Milwaukee a lot longer than, than Oscar was at, at this point even. And, and so to be that second banana on a championship team, that, that's obviously a really special thing. So, um, but, but I should know this as well. I mean, Bob Dandridge, I mean, took, took uh, quite a long time for him to, to get the acknowledgement with the Jersey retirement. And that, that's obviously only happened, um, you know, a couple of years back. Uh, and so, you know, he had to wait. 40 years basically for, for that Jersey retirement. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just unpredictable kind of when, when these things happen, obviously Marcus had a 
very, um, you know, acrimonious departure and there was friction with Herb Cole. And I'd say, you know, Marcus has, um, acknowledged that that wasn't purely a, you know, uh, that, 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 he, he played a part in that. Um, but his story, obviously one of, I'd say redemption in addition to just obviously a phenomenal play while he, while he was here. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, I mean, Jersey retirements are, are a weirdly political thing. Uh, and in Milwaukee, it's, it's been kind of no different, um, you know, looking back on the history of those and guys who've gotten it, guys who haven't, um, but certainly we're in an area here where winning um, will, will certainly uh, hopefully pave the way for at least Chris to be a no brainer. And obviously Giannis already, um, you know, if he never played a game, he'd be a no brain, no brainer <laughs> a Jersey retirement, just given, you know, we're looking at a guy who's on the verge of a second MVP and um, reaching heights that, you know, only one other player, uh, in the franchise history has, has ever reached. And, and that's a guy who's, you know, a top five all time player in Kareem. So now we can move on to the, the, the more controversial, I guess, second part of the question that uh, Ryan suggested. And that was the possibility of not only the Jersey retirement, but Chris Milton going in the hall of fame. Now I, I listen, I think that he has without question, in the last 12 to 18 months, taken a huge step in terms of his overall individual resume. I think respect around the league, acknowledgement as an all-star caliber player, but the Hall of Fame is, I mean, we're talking a completely different ball game when we, when we discuss that. Interestingly enough, I was looking up, uh, we know basketball reference has these Hall of Fame probabilities, and I'm not even going to go into how they figure that out, but right now, Giannis has a Hall of Fame probability of 23.82%. Chris Milton is at 0.023%. And, you know, I think there's a few benchmarks for Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame players if you're talking about strictly NBA careers. And championships is certainly a factor. Then the, the individual awards to the All-Star appearances, All-NBA, certainly MVP. Uh, I'm not sure that there's an MVP that hasn't gone in yet that, that isn't still playing. I know Derek Rose is maybe the one that's going to be questionable, unless I'm, I'm missing someone else. But... Let's be honest, this is not something that I think anyone has probably considered with Chris Milton to this point. Again, if you wanted to project further, I mean, 20,000 points is a benchmark that a lot of people look at for Hall of Fame players. Chris would have to play for another 11 or 12 years at the pace that he's going to get uh, 20,000 points. Uh, we know that you know he came into the league his first few seasons. He wasn't putting up big numbers. It's been the last three or four years that that's really gone up. So what would have to happen? Maybe five, six championships? I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the Hall of Fame is, is a conversation I'm, I'm ready to have yet for Chris Milton. Well, I mean, looking at it, so, so the, the basketball reference metric, this Hall of Fame probability is interesting. Basically, once you start getting to the 50% range, that's actually where most guys who hit 50% have actually made it in. Um, pretty much everybody who is um, a former player at 50% or higher, um, has made it in. Um, and you know, you're just looking at some of the names in here. Um, I think like a guy, a guy that you might look at as like a, um, uh, could, could not necessarily the same type of player, but a guy that, um, could have a similar story would be a guy like Joe Dumars. Um, Joe Dumars, a 0.76 hall of fame probability. He made it. He's number 93 in the all time hall of fame probability rankings. Um, Dumars just was, a good all-around player had a couple of seasons where he was averaging above 20 points per game. I think he had a third-team NBA at one point, um, and most importantly, was the second. You know, kind of, kind of maybe thought of as the second banana on those Pistons teams that won two championships, right? 
And so, uh, and he stuck around a long time. He was consistent. And, you know, again, so much of Hall of Fame candidacy is, is consistency. So, I mean, there would be stranger things to me uh, than Chris Middleton making the Hall of Fame. I think it would have to be paired with, um, you know, as, as we've been saying, winning championships. Um, you know, you look at that 50% mark on the Hall of Fame probability. Interestingly, the two guys that are kind of right, at, right above and right below the 0.5 mark, Joe Johnson, a guy that I've often looked at as uh, maybe the best comp for Chris Middleton, just as far as a tall guy who could handle, play, make, shoot, sc- you know, score, um, do a bit of everything, uh, and did it without having like you know explosive athleticism, but just was really consistent. And of course, Joe Johnson. I mean, he made seven All Star games um, starting from the age of twenty five. He made. Uh, six straight from the age of 25 to 30. So Chris is a couple years, let's say one or two years behind that pace. Um, but Joe Johnson, you know, really kind of had a, a career arc that I could see Chris Middleton having. Um, and again, Joe Johnson is not in the, in the hall of fame yet. Um, but you know, if Chris Middleton could have a, you know, continue at a similar pace as Joe Johnson and win on top of that in a way that Joe Johnson obviously never, you know, was, was a winner in the way that we think about, um, you know, hopefully if you win a championship, you, you know, you, I wouldn't say he was, you know, certainly didn't win two championships like Joe Dumars did. Um, and then the other guy right below the fifth, the 0.5 mark, Sidney Moncrief, who just made it into the hall of fame. And of course had to wait a very long time for that. Um, obviously Sydney, very different type of player uh, than, than Chris. Well, I shouldn't say very different, but I mean, next level defender, you know, two time defensive player of the year, won yeah. the first two defensive player of the year awards. Um, and statistically, I mean, I think there are some some interesting similarities in that Sid was a guy who averaged, you know, right around that 20 to 22 point per game mark for, you know, four or five seasons in a row. Uh, he was in that five, six rebound per game neighborhood in that four to five assist uh, neighborhood, um, which when you pair it with kind of that top shelf defense, obviously, I would say puts him at a level, um, you know, relatively speaking, probably above, you know, where Chris is right now. But you know, again, I mean, Chris is a guy that maybe he doesn't uh, actually um, make it to uh, the All-NBA third team. Uh, and Sid was All-NBA first team once, uh, made the All-NBA second team uh, four times. So, you know, that's obviously a level that I don't think Chris Middleton's ever going to get to, um, relatively speaking. Um, but just in terms of, like, pure statistical milestones, could he do put up something similar to, to Sid? could you know but again then you've got the defensive trump card that Sid had and really for Middleton um the thing that he could have in his favor obviously aside from hopefully winning a title that that Sid never did um would just be longevity right I mean Moncrief's career uh was really curtailed unfortunately age of 31 he suffers an injury that wasn't career ending but but was really a career curtailing injury uh came back with the Hawks at the age of 33 for 70 games but um, just wasn't the same type of player and, and just didn't enjoy the, the same long career that, um, you know, you would hope a guy of, of his talents would, would enjoy. And, and obviously I think for a guy like Sid, you know, if he doesn't have those injuries, um, he makes the Hall of Fame much sooner than, than he ultimately did, but thankfully he did. So I don't think it's totally crazy, um, but I think it's a really championship-driven thing um, for Chris. And it's, it's two things. It's that uh, longevity and championships. And if he doesn't win a championship, I'm going to go ahead and say Chris Middleton's not going to make the hall of fame. Um, but if he does, uh, and you know, he continues to kind of put up numbers in the similar ballpark as we've seen this year for the next, you know, let's say at least 
three, four, maybe five seasons, if he can kind of be continue to be a really good player into his early thirties, um, then I don't think it's totally crazy, you know. And but again, at, at that point, um, who knows where where he will be? Who knows where the Bucks will be? No question. I mean, again, as a, as a, we, we both sort of agree, I think that the the titles and those individual awards, obviously, uh, there's a big emphasis on that. And so if he could sneak in and get an All-NBA selection this year, it's just building the resume. I think the guy that you mentioned is interesting to me, Joe Johnson, uh, because while he didn't have that championship success, I, I think the reason why I'm a little down on Middleton's chances of this happening is I think that he's he's just hit this prime time of his career where he's picking up all these individual accolades two years too late and I think that that ultimately is going to hurt him because uh, he's not that far away from turning 29 already and the thing with Joe Johnson he picked up his first all-star nod when he was 25 and then ended up having seven now do I think Chris Middleton is going to be a seven-time all-star I'm not so sure about that that's going to be a difficult uh, step for him to reach given the fact he is almost 29 but uh, I think the one thing I wanted to finish up on here and we've sort of briefly touched on it, but this conversation got me thinking because I really do think that we've got to the point where Middleton probably is a guy that I'm like, yeah, they'll be, the 22 will be up in the rafters one day. As long as, as we said, he does stay here. If you, and, and you, we don't have to go too deep into this, but if there was one other guy that you would say, yeah, I, I think that's the one that would go up there. Who would it be for you? If I get to pick one more buck, yeah, from and probably I'm talking probably from the time when uh, Sydney finished up with the Bucks in '89 through to now. Um, I mean, I think Ray is the best player and probably had the best, most productive um, seasons while you know accomplishing something in the winning department, right? Like I think it, in terms of pure statistics, you know, uh, scoring, you know, total scoring numbers, I think Red's ahead of him, but. Um, I, I think probably I would go with Ray, um, just because again, I mean, if Michael Red had won anything, you know, like if, if he had at least been, you know, you know, if he had been like a, uh, even if he wasn't the best player, but a a good part of like the fear of the deer team that made that run, then, you know, we would at least had something to kind of hang on to. But I mean, unfortunately I, I just don't, don't really see it. And, and I don't know, I, I always... I don't know. I always kind of got this just always had sort of had the feeling with red that, you know, as much as he was, I think a really good person off the court. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he still seems to show up, you know, in Milwaukee from time to time. And, you know, that, that there's at least a good relationship with the franchise, it seems. Um, but I don't know, like, was Michael red ever going to be the leader that sacrificed for, you know, like his younger teammates and things like that. I don't know. Like I, I just, especially through his prime years, it just seemed like, he always kind of had to get his, you know, and, and I just don't know if that was, uh, let me say this. I don't think it was necessarily coincidental that the Bucks didn't win at the level that you would have hoped with him kind of as the best player, you know, and that's kind of unfair to him because, you know, again, I mean, he's not the kind of guy who's just going to lead you to 50 wins and, you know, second rounds and East and finals, East Conference finals appearances by himself. Um, but I don't know. It just still feels like there was, you know, you look at back on the period where Bogut was kind of coming into his own and, and before Red suffered the injuries, you do kind of wonder, like, what, you know, could Red have done more to empower maybe Bogut offensively? What what was really missing from some of those teams? And again, not that they were, like, super talented teams, but but I don't know. So I, I kind of struggle with Red a little bit for that reason. Um, 
you know, I think there's some other guys in the eighties, like, you know, Terry Cummings probably, I think I made the case actually in that, um, the pod from last year with Eric that was referenced. I think I made the case Terry Cummings may be the most overlooked guy. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, again, I, I, most Bucks fans, I just don't think have any idea how prolific he was as a scorer and rebounder while he was uh, in Milwaukee. Um, but again, kind of a similar thing. Like there just isn't, I mean, he was on some very good teams, but there wasn't really like kind of that signature sense of him being the guy, you know, um, which, you know, is, is, I mean, is that his fault? I don't know. Right. <laughs> but uh, so I don't know. I'll, I'll be a, um, I'll maybe sort of um, bias towards, towards my era of, of, you know, Bucks fandom and say that I would lean Ray, uh, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I will say this, I, I don't, I don't view it as a travesty that, you know, Ray or big dog or some of these other guys who haven't had their jersey retired yet, that, that it's, you know, some travesty. I thought it was ridiculous that Marcus hadn't had his jersey retired. I was very happy that, that that happened. Um, but otherwise, I don't know, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think, I think again, it's, it's okay to, to not rush into these things with guys who are not, you know, the, you know, superstar franchise savior type players, right? Like, Giannis plays 15 years and, you know, retires, retire his jersey the following season, right? <laughs> you don't have to wait uh, and let it marinate with, with a guy like Giannis. But with a lot of these other guys, I think it's okay to, to just kind of sit back and just sort of get some perspective on their careers. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really even I, – I, I definitely don't um, have sleepless nights wondering when Ray Allen or Glenn or any of these guys will get uh, their jersey retired. But um, if I was going to pick one, I guess I'd go Ray. And – uh, what, what's what's your take? I, my guess is you would say the same because you're you were a Ray Allen fan back in the day, right? Yeah, but I've been, I have been put off. I know you said earlier you did uh, you wouldn't let the thirty four get in the way, but I've been put off by that. I, I don't know. Ray wasn't here for Ray wasn't here for that long, and not only was he not here for that long, but they didn't really win that much. They had the one season, so I actually am for longevity reasons leaning towards Big Dog. Over twelve thousand points, he's second in franchise uh, history for scoring. That is a hell of a lot of points. 21 points per game and six rebounds over the eight seasons he was here. Uh, I, I like. I mean, I didn't see a lot of it live like like you did, Frank. I know you were a big dog guy, but that's a that's a hell of a resume. And the only other one I throw want to throw out there for longevity reasons, and I'm not willing to retire the number seven because that number is too good, and there's going to be other great players that need to wear it. But I would maybe throw up like a mini a mini jersey 77 for Ersan so he can be forever remembered. Uh, by Milwaukee Bucks fans. No one ever's, No one's going to wear number 77 again, but I want to see Ersan somehow honoured by the franchise. I don't know, like a mini, a mini jersey retirement or something like that. It's number 77. It doesn't matter. Get it up there, I say. So, I don't know. Ersan, three stints with the Bucks. Incredible. Uh, maybe 19. He wore 19 as well. But, uh, look, we, we've got into that for, for long enough, I think, uh, Frank. Uh, we both agree. Ryan, by the way, thanks for the question. Uh, I think it's a good debate to have. And Frank actually was a little more willing to talk about the Hall of Fame with Chris Milton. So there you go. So times have changed over the last 18 months, but we are going to leave it there. Frank, appreciate you coming on as always. And like Ryan did, send through your questions if there's anything that's bugging you, anything you want to hear us discuss over the next few weeks. But for now, for Frank and myself, Kane Pippen, we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.